the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And it's good to be back uh, where we talk about all kinds of fun stuff regarding photography and art and uh, technology and whatever else we pops into our head for the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, <laughs> good to be with you, Rick. How's things going? Good. We're going to do a little bit of a different episode today, right? Yeah, we're going to. We're going to change it up a little bit and we're coming to you a little bit early today we understand but that's how it goes because it's a special event uh this this week here if you've ever watched seinfeld you know that this is festivus a festivus for the rest of us um if and, you haven't go google that because it's pretty funny <laughs> and because feats of strength are difficult to do in a podcast format right. we're going to do the airing of grievances right. we'll begin with airing of grievances and um no i have not erected a festivist pole in my office yet but maybe i'll have to do that it could be a festivist tripod perhaps we'll, oh, okay we'll, we'll have that but yeah. hopefully everyone is is having a a good and safe um holiday season right now um and just as a reminder we're going to be off next week for the holidays with our families and so we'll we'll be back with you um uh, I don't remember what day that is, but uh, towards the end of uh, right before New Year's, probably we'll we'll see you on New Year's Eve, most likely for the next episode after this one. Good thing for calendars, right? So <laughs> the list of grievances can be long. We right? came up with a pretty good list. We have this huge list of things, right? <laughs> um, but but this is not to be you know whining or complaining about stuff. But this is just stuff that a lot of these are things that have that have just perpetually it just feels like some of these things just never get addressed and and uh and and i guess we we'll scratch odd. our head yeah and these are not like nitnoid things these are not like little tiny nits some of these things are are, are you know go back years or even you know multiple years or, or longer um so you know, um, some of these have to do with with camera systems and the manufacturers and just um, and some of it is just, you know, personal peeves. But we'll just we'll, some are we'll, kind of we'll, so sit back and, and don't take anything too seriously. We're not no. going to we're not going to come out, come after anybody. We're not going to start writing a manifesto for the image doctors, <laughs> <laughs> submitting it to all the various manufacturers. But uh, um, but this this is some fun stuff. Um, so. Why don't you lead off, Rick? Tell where do we want to start? Well, let's let's start with unroll the scroll of grievances (laughs) on the vellum. My personal belief, and I don't think you're in too different of spot. Manufact camera manufacturers today do not seem to realize that what they're really selling are things that run software. Right. Right. And and that's where the action really is, especially with, you know, all the subject recognition things and stuff like that. Certainly you need good hardware to run it on it, but software is really where it's at. And the idea these days that someone thinks they're going to be successful in the long term, just pushing out hardware widgets and having inadequate software or firmware updates on them. Um, it just amazes me. Um, it's how the Japanese consumer electronics industry got destroyed, you know, because they were so focused on 
um, unique little widgets to do one task mm -hmm. and the hardware and firmware and them would be kind of optimized for that. And that's all they could be used for. And things like the Apple iPhone, et cetera, just destroyed that. And you would think there would be more waking up to, to the fact that a good software update process, you know, updated firmware can extend the life cycle of the hardware that's been paid for and can become right. you know, very nice and profitable and keep you, keep your cameras and in, in a good place relative to their competitors. Um, I, I just, I'm flabbergasted. Yeah. And I, and it's funny too, because, um, you know, there's a lot of things that go around this particular topic of, of firmware, you know, which is software updates. Um, and I like to put it in the, hey, don't make me buy a camera, a new camera to get something that could have been addressed with software. Mm -hmm. Like that really gives me a, a bad feeling about stuff. And it's happened in the past. Now, a long time ago, things were certainly different. You know, when when sensors were evolving really rapidly and sure. autofocus systems were rap evolving rapidly, there's times where things are truly hardware dependent. And that's that's a different thing altogether. You know, there's times where, hey, we can do this now because we've got a new chip and maybe it's more more powerful. But don't don't pretend that that you can't go back and redo something, you know, make your menus more usable or, or even add a feature like um, I, there was a feature in a camera that I had once where it was for auto bracketing, which is a software feature, right? You put mm -hmm. in the, the bracketing and, you know, auto bracketing is determined by software because it just, you, it's how you can set it up. And so cameras can be limited. Some cameras could only do, you know, three shots, one stop apart, you know, they vary, right? I mean, you've had those, some could do mm -hmm. five shots or even seven shots and vary the, the intervals. Well, that to me seems like something that was very easy to address in, in firmware, only to find out that, oh, if you want that feature, you need to buy our new camera, you know, the Mark II of this camera. That was really kind of annoying. And, and then if you're going to... It's a good way to lose loyalty. Yeah, it just, it just leaves you a bad taste because you have a perfectly good camera. Um, and the, the, the new one might not be significantly better, but if it's just software improvements, that feels kind of weak. Because see, every year I get a I get a, a new OS on my iPhone, right? And I get a huge number of new features. Mm -hmm. And some of them won't work if you don't have the newest hardware. That's true. But most okay. of them do. Most yeah. of them do. And you can make that decision. Do you really need that other other hardware thing? Um, so that's really crazy. And then we were just discussing today. Um, when you do put out a firmware update, how about notifying your customers about it? Yeah, some companies do. I'll, I'll just cite a couple that I know do it, Canon and Fuji. Right. You get this nice email saying, here's what's out, here's what right. it does. So here I was this here's morning. Here's a link to download it. And you said, hey, by the way, did you see that new Z9 update? And I said, oh, really? Huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm registered. The product is registered and, and, uh, and the such. But, you know, that's just a thing where software is so important. And something that you brought up too, if they design a camera so that you've already maxed out what the com computational chip can do, 
boy, that's tough. That's a where fail. there's no overhead, you know, there's no room to improve without putting in a new chipset or adding in a, a second processor, you know, design or something like that. It's very bad engineering. Right. So, you know, I've seen some firmware programs be pretty good. Um, I've seen some that have just languished and I've seen that even within a single company. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of, and, and, and to that end, I think, you know, why should companies play favorites with their products to mm -hmm. say, well, this camera, we're going to do all this stuff for you. But if you bought yeah. that one, no, you're just kind of riffraff. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you don't count. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you shell out, you know, two or three grand for a camera, <laughs> you deserve a fair, you should be entitled to some updates or, or whatever, but. Or yeah. manufacturers should expect that they'll lose those customers. Yeah. I mean, it, it can happen. I'm um, pretty sure it can. <laughs> so, so here's one that, that, that you put on our list, Rick, so mm -hmm. I'll, I'll let you talk to it, but it's that, and, and this goes for all of them, right? It's the mm -hmm. lack of detailed instructions, you know, instructional material for camera autofocus systems. Yes. Doesn't that the, kill you? The, the descriptions that you find in user manuals are incredibly shallow and superficial. And I have to believe that within their own teams, they've got to communicate what it is that they're doing and how something is going to work so it can be tested. I mean, and yeah. if you do that, why not share some of that with the customers? Well, I mean, it's great that you've written that Z9 book, you know, that talks about how to use it for bird photography, how to mm -hmm. configure the autofocus system, button configuration. Why the hell can't manufacturers do the same thing? Or at you least to do some of that in the past at and they least, stopped. Right. And 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 here's here's the hard thing. I mean, for someone like myself or any there's other people who write you know, eBooks and others on, mm -hmm. on these cameras, not just the Z9, the amount of trial and error, and you have to practice to see what works. And then, you know, then they'll change firmware <laughs> and it'll work differently. Right. Um, so the blessing and a curse. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, and, and Nikon did that with the Z9 when they released their 2.0 firmware. So there's an example where there's been a lot of firmware updates. One of them like completely changed the behavior of the camera, like buttons were, you know, everything worked differently all of a sudden that was kind of a um the end result was good but man that was painful when it happened um and, but and but here's the thing it's like you have these settings and they kind of gotten a little bit better about describing what each setting does but they mm -hmm. don't put it into a lot of practical uh, uh um context and you know that thing that we were talking about with notifying owners about uh firmware Mm -hmm. um, well, here's a tip for Nikon owners. Go to the download page for your cameras. This is mostly for the higher end cameras, like the, mm -hmm. you know, the D850s, the D5 and 6, you know, those, those cameras. But Nikon has, beyond their manual, a technical settings guide for things like sports, for autofocus settings. And you'd be amazed what you can glean from that because there they actually are saying, if you're shooting this event, you should set your camera this you know, autofocus for these parameters. Now they don't tell you why, but they do at least give you some use cases, right? Um, and and that's just one of those things. It's just like, but it's done very inconsistently. 
like was there a wildlife no 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 this was right and you know and and they and they are kind of got blinders on to the particular type of photographer that's going to be their user Mm -hmm. for a particular camera and i think companies get sucked into that this is not a sports camera you know this is not a you know well it makes sense that someone who shoots wildlife would want a camera that would be competent for sports (laughs) you know so because it's the same kind of thing you need a certain amount of technology right yeah um you know and 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 speaking of that you know speaking of use cases what what's going on with functional operation of menu systems and where things get put you know and button configure do do manufacturers really not pay attention to how photographers actually use and handle their cameras some are better than others you know but think about the cameras where you've got to dive into a menu system to change the iso right yeah. or something silly like that yeah, um it's it's the oddest thing it's like a lot of times you would swear they just never go through steps of thinking through how something gets used, how many different menus you have to go through or buttons you have to press. And is that okay? Um, Or should there be a programmable button for something that falls in that category and they, they don't have them. It's it's just, it's just weird. And here, here, here's one that we've both run into, right. And that's um, on the newer cameras that have the subject detection features which we love, right? We love those features. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, the, the biggest challenge that I found with those is that the system can get fooled where all of a sudden it's glomming onto something that is a shadow that looks like a face or, mm-hmm. you know, and it sure. just gets fooled. And they, the way they place the settings for autofocus might be in one set of menus, but the subject detection is a completely different menu that you can't customize, mm-hmm. in, you know, somewhere else or easily turn on or off. Mm-hmm. I've found some workarounds with my Z9 lately that have been useful, but, you know, there are times when you need to, to, to say, you know, I can't rely on AI right now. I need to just put it, the it focus point. It doesn't always work on and any of the cameras. That's what I'm talking about. And it's, it just doesn't. Why did it's you put great, setting? But- you know, so like I can customize autofocus settings with the autofocus custom, you know, area, mm-hmm. except for things like, is it AF uh, continuous or single? Is it subject detection on or off? And moreover, what kind of subject detection? That's mm-hmm. in a completely different area. You can't, you can't just assign that to something. It's, it's just, it's baffling. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like, Here's another one with as long as we're talking about menus. You ever run into this, Rick? You you go to set a setting in your camera, and then that one thing that you wanted is grayed out. Oh yeah. What and it just says uh this function is not available because there's some conflict somewhere. You figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And and oh my god, that can be absolutely maddening. The I'll do a glass half full thing. The little Olympus OM1. Uh-huh. They did a nice job redoing the menus. So they're, they're laid out well. And then more importantly, they give you good error messages when you run into things yeah. like that. Things that you can actually use to solve well, the problem. Well, right. I mean, like, um, you know, I mean, it was just like, what, what, 
what happened with me where, you know, you want to use a flash and it's not firing. And then you realize you've set your camera to silent mode and the flash doesn't fire mm -hmm. when it's in silent mode. Um, even though you're using electronic shutter, <laughs> you know, it doesn't need to have a sound. Um, it's, it's just weird. Um, I've seen some improvement in the Z9. There's a few where it'll sort of mm -hmm. point you in the right direction. Like I tried to do focus stacking, you know, the focus shift. And it said, I can't do this because you're in the wrong drive mode. And I realized I had set the camera to self-timer okay, I need to put it into something that's not timer. But it still should have said, this feature is unable, uh, unavailable when the camera is in self-timer mode. Done, fixed, right? These are not cameras from the 1980s anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty elaborate. And it, it's funny, it's like, you know, we were talking about training materials and stuff. And without going into this specific brand or model, I'll just say I, I've seen autofocus features that no one understood. You know, I've seen forums out there. I don't know what this thing really does. Or someone thinks it does one thing and it turns out, nope, it sure does. Yeah. But what it does, no one knows. And then the camera company actually records a very nice video with one of their technical experts, goes through the auto autofocus system, and guess what they skip? The part that nobody knows about. <laughs> because they don't know it either. Or it, it really doesn't work. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that's that's so crazy just, stuff. They just skip it, you know. Oh well, certainly seen that. Yeah. Um, what about lenses? There's some there's some things with lenses that that kind of drive us nuts. Yeah. One one thing that drives me nuts. Um, there are a lot of good lenses out right now, right? Right. Some of very them are fabulous. They're kind of big, kind of heavy, times, but a lot of them are fabulous but there are also some very under-designed lenses lenses and this really gets into the super zoom category but not always because i've seen it show up with lenses with as narrow of ranges of 24 to 105 where the lenses can't actually cover the frame so then they use a lot of software to warp the images back or take away distortion and you know sometimes the software correction is just fine no big deal great that it works and then sometimes it results in the most horrific image quality imaginable and it's yeah. especially true at the wider ends of the focal length range you know like if it's a 24 to 200 at 24 um, or at the opposite end, you can have some issues too. But it's especially bad with distortion at the wide end. And it would be okay if the results were all right. But frankly, with some lenses out there, the results are just plain awful. And the only time you'd think they weren't awful is if you solely took, let's just say, pictures of your spouse right in the center of the frame and nothing else around them had to be in focus. Then you might think the lens was just fine. <laughs> oh, wow. But I mean, just awful. And it's a shame because lens design has gotten so good in the last 20 years. I mean, it's, I mean, even the lenses that we would have never, there's lens, lenses that we would have never really considered just, just on principle historically that are quite good now. Yeah. Um, Oh, well, you know, and yeah. there's, there's some, but that bugs me. Yeah. Well, you know what bugs me about lenses, not the lens themselves, but like, if you have a, uh, if you design a 
trio of lenses as most manufacturers do right for you know you know maybe you have an f2.8 line or an f4 line or whatever you mm -hmm. might have right mm -hmm. can't you keep one filter thread diameter constant on those things i don't want to have to it. it used to not be a problem it used to be everything you know was a 77 millimeter thread for one and then maybe a 67 or 62 for the others but now i mean i've got to use a, a you know 67 a 72 oh and now let's throw in 82 82 millimeter filters drive me nuts not and i know why we have lenses with 82 millimeter front threads because they are it is essential for their design right i mean i think we mm -hmm. can agree on that there's been a trend towards that you ever had to pay for an 82 millimeter polarizer those things are expensive it's just like oh my gosh you got to yeah. go out and get all new filters for your for your lenses because someone decided 82 uh, and step up rings can help but guess what then you can't put on the lens hood yeah they just, create other problems yeah and yeah and, and what about what about what is it about today in 2022 almost 2023 that most not all because there's a, there's occasional exception to this but almost all manufacturers seem to ignore the predominance of the arca swiss type clamp on tripods these days and mm -hmm. if you're designing your tripod foot you know your lens foot why not include a dovetail on that how hard would that be you know and, and the excuse is there isn't one standard, which is true. However, I think it would be very easy to recommend one <laughs> that well, would work with everything. Because right. Arca uh, Swiss is not manufacturer specific. I mean, they no. were the ones who came out with it, but there's a lot of third party uh, tripods out there now. Even the, you know, some of these off brands that, that are coming out of China that make decent tripods, they include an Arca Swiss style clamp. Um, yeah. that is compatible with that system because i think it's probably the most predominant one out there yeah um because you can still put the thread on the bottom so you can attach whatever you want it's okay yeah i don't know that's just one of those things and then ergonomics what's up with the placement of zoom and focus rings rick this drives me nuts they all all the companies do it and i, I know i think there were probably some design issues there with some, but man, it, it, it gets really annoying where, you know, you may be shooting with two lenses and with one of them, the zoom rings in the front and with the other one, it's in the back and wow. you accidentally hit the focus ring when you don't want to, or it's, and, and, and you my know what personal I'm... belief is zoom ring in the back, focus ring at the front of the lens. Right. That's where I'm at. And when lenses that are designed that way are a joy for me to use, because most often when I'm handholding, that zoom ring is what I want closest to me. So I'm supporting mm -hmm. the lens and I can turn the zoom ring as necessary because, heck, I'm using autofocus. Mm -hmm. And to put my hand way out on the end of the lens barrel all the time gets really awkward from a balance standpoint. Um, and if that's what you need to zoom, I do agree with you. There's probably some design reasons there. But, you know... I just prefer that. And the worst is when, when you have a different uh, uh, arrangement across a lineup, <laughs> you get used to shooting one way. And now it's a different lens. I got to shoot a completely different way. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So whatever. I'm just whining now. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, all, yeah. it's all good. Just what a, else? a quick and simple one. And, and we've talked about this at times with 
products, software products that are rolled out that don't work. Oh, those are fun. Yes, those are fun. You know, where it's barely an alpha product. It's not even in beta yeah. form yet. You know, yeah. that's, that's, uh, that uh, needs to stop. That, that is true. Um, okay. There's so, some strange things if you look out on photographic forums and stuff like that, including people who only take test shots. <laughs> right. Oh, We've both seen that. Well, so yeah, I mean, we talked about manufacturers and the camera companies, mm -hmm. but let's talk about, <laughs> about some of the people in your neighborhood that you run into, especially online, because it seems like everybody's out there. What is up with these people who only seem to take test shots and they don't actually, and then they judge everything by their test shots instead of taking pictures of things, of mm -hmm. actually doing photography, um, you know? And and I've I've seen people denying obvious problems in products and pretending they don't exist or they just don't know because like you said all they do is sit in their living room and take test shots of whatever you know i've done that and it gets old real fast and i oh, yeah. you know, i do it for reasons but you know and then i'm done um and here's the the, the, I'm just saying some people clearly do nothing but that. Yeah. And there's a corollary to this, right? It's the folks mm -hmm. who just, they go online, they read, they either read a review or they see a, an arbitrary, you know, quote unquote benchmark score and decide then therefore that's the best thing. I need to use this lens or this camera because it scored two points higher than this other one. And therefore, <laughs> you know, and it's like, just use the gear. You know, I don't care how sharp the lens is, but maybe if it doesn't autofocus or whatever, maybe I don't want to use it. Or if it weighs three pounds, and I've got to stick it on my camera. I don't care how good it is. <laughs> you know, um, there, there's, there's more to life than benchmark scores. Yeah, I would say it a little bit different way because I think both of us care that we have lenses that are reasonably sharp well they don't and, have to be perfect and it's nice to have those as a sort of a starting point guideline to take a look at when you're comparing something but i will say the whole idea of scores being given to products you know where one gets a 95 and another gets a 94 is really just kind of silly i mean the only thing it does is if you really go through all the criteria, it gives you a sense for what the reviewer was valuing. And, th and that, that can be useful. But the idea that you can boil down something to just one number, it is just so foolish. It, 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 it really turns me off. But a lot of people are addicted to that stuff and want to make sure that the thing they bought you know, got the highest score. It's just, it's just silliness. So... You got to channel your, your inner Frank Constanza here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got a lot of issues with you people. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But I got a lot fine. of issues with some of these people out there. I want to talk about that. And let me, let me talk about some of these things. And again, a lot of this comes from online, right? The, um, the, 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 they see your photo. That's a great photo. You must have a nice camera. You ever get that yeah. one, Rick? Oh, sure. I hate that one. Yeah. Um, what about the people who uh, leave a comment and it says "nice capture"? Want to kill them? It's a I photograph. Mean, it's not a freaking capture. 
Yeah, and it's it's the ultimate. It's it's almost like, and 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 probably they don't mean it this way, but it, to me it comes off as damning with faint praise. Like I looked at your picture, I guess I like it. I've got nothing to say about it, but I'm going to leave a comment. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe that's just too much snark. Um, you know, and and here's another one. What is it with photographers who are like enthusiasts? You know, advanced. In not mm-hmm. you know point and shoot people who don't turn that bloody beep off on their focus confirmation Ugh. on their camera where it beeps every time that you're gonna beep and they and they they insist that well if it doesn't beep i don't know that it's really in focus i just do you see that i mean like oh it, yeah it, the beep the beep there is a lot just, of people that do it these i got days. some issues with the beep man i'll tell you what <laughs> i think you do i think it's triggering you uh it's all good but it um, does irritate me too and then what about when you're trying to actually make a living or at least an income from your photography i think there's some issues there too right rick oh yeah yeah um there are different variants on it some that you've run into more than I have and, and other ones, maybe the other way, but I know one that you've mentioned is just if you're doing event shooting of whatever type sports teams, whatever, the number of people that expect to pay just the cost of a print, you know, 35 cents. Right. Cause if I took these pictures, I would have taken them down to the local drugstore and for 50 cents mm-hmm. or 40 cents a print, I could have these, right? So why are you charging me that? Why aren't you charging me the cost? Or I'll pay for the materials. Yeah, I'll pay you for paper and ink. How about that? Yeah, or I won't pay you anything, but you'll get such good exposure. Won't that be great? Yeah, that's that. that, And that goes for a lot of artists too. I mean, just all kinds of stuff, and not just photography. But I mean, I think musicians, and I mean, it's it's all sorts of people. if, If you judge the price of a photograph print that someone made as being only the cost of the materials to make it, you're leaving out so much. I mean, let's start with how much gear that you had to bring. You know, when I shot soccer games back when my son was younger and I'd show up with the 200 to 400 lens or or whatever I had in a, you know, professional camera, um, do you really think that that I could have gotten those action shots with my phone? <laughs> no, you know, not of your kid. It's sharp and focused, you know, and doing all these things. And then if you do go out and buy that camera, how long did it take you to learn how to master using it and get those kinds of shots? And that's just in the camera, not to mention any processing you might do. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole other thing. And not and then not the least of which is the you know, for, for non-event things, but what about the aesthetic? What about the, the art that is involved with it? I mean, maybe yeah. you went somewhere and, and you know, it's like the expense. There was somebody who wrote a blog about that. It was the $12,000 photograph or something mm-hmm. like this, you know, but it's true. You know, don't, don't insult me by saying, um, I see you have four by sixes um, for, for $10. Do you have anything smaller? Because you know what that really is saying, right? Want it cheap. I want a cheaper thing. Is there anything less? Look, if you're on a budget, I get it. But, you know, with all due respect, we got to make a living here, too. So it's like, anyway, um, 
I, I think I think we've whined enough. <laughs> do you get it out of your system? Right? Do you feel Do you feel like you know, like we've purged this flush? You maybe. know, kind of, kind of, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'd be interesting to hear what other people yeah um, have in the way of grievances. So definitely leave some comments on our absolutely our Facebook page. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a good thing to hear back because I'm sure there's some other things that that others of you guys out there have run into and, you know, not just, not just us. Um, But, you know, there's, it's not a perfect world, but you know what? I'm going to be thankful that we live in a time where the availability of some of this technology is just amazing. And the, the difference in what I can do with a camera today compared to even five years ago is astounding. Oh yeah. And I'm so happy to be able to, continue this uh you know this love of photography and this passion that i have for doing it and i'm sure yeah. you're feel similarly absolutely there are just a few things that need to be tweaked a bit <laughs> so, oh you know what we forgot oh one, one last thing roadmaps oh gosh yeah they're they're they can be great they're always these secretive things <sighs> or then they put something on there and you're like well they're, when is that going to come out <laughs> I think too yeah. many companies are far more afraid of their competitors figuring out what they are doing than they are than they're afraid about losing customers. Yeah. Yeah. We can and talk about that at length. It's a mistake. Yeah. yeah. I think I think especially on some of these newer systems, I mean, a roadmap is essential. I mean, if you know that there's going to be a particular lens in a lineup and you're like, okay. I can invest in that system because I know, yeah, it's not here today, but it's coming and I'm going to want it. The other thing that should go along with it, and I've seen it done on occasion by some companies, um, is firmware roadmaps. Yeah. We are going to add in these functions this quarter of this year. It doesn't have to be the exact date. That is just such an appreciated thing when companies do that and you go, ah, okay. I that camera now makes more sense for me because I know that it will eventually do this feature as opposed to guessing that it might and then finding out that, yeah, despite things that imply that, they're never going to do it. Right. We've seen that. Well, yeah, that's almost worse, right? Vaporware. Well, anyway, um, again, if you've got some things that we've that, that preview and you need to get it out of your system, leave us a comment over on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash image doctors. And again, we're going to be off next week for the holidays. Enjoy your time with your families, hopefully doing something that you like. Stay warm. It's going to be cold out here in the U.S. I think all of the U.S. is going to get pretty frigid this week. Oh, my gosh. So, so uh, stay bundled up. And until next time, happy shooting. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs>